Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Jalo of the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. On this episode, we travel to Rome and examine 1971's The Black Belly of the Tarantula. In The Black Belly of the Tarantula, a battle between murder and mortality confronts a detective on the case of a serial killer who paralyzes his victims with wasp poison before he kills. This is the perfect episode to talk all about creature features and our eight-legged friends. Speaking of friends, my guest today is a frequent contributor to Jalo of the Month Club. Welcome back to the podcast, Wade Brown. Hey. Hi. Hi. And I am am a friend that only has two legs. (laughs) The audience knows. You been watching anything spooky, creepy? What's going on? Oh, yeah. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, Chattanooga Film Festival, I'll just briefly go through movies you should check out, because, you know, down the road these movies come out. I watched a few things, so let's see. I'll say short film, I think you watched this one. Every time we meet for ice cream, your whole fucking face explodes. (laughs) Yes. Cute, cute short, check that out. Weirdos in love. Uh, The Leech, I think that's coming out with Arrow in Christmas time. Okay. Uh, It's a good Christmas movie. Uh, It's by Erica Pinnikoff. Uh, Breathing Happy, I believe you saw this one. I watched that yes, one. Yes, it's a, not a happy film. No, it's Friends of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. They actually do voices. They're the voices of the doors. The doors, yeah. yeah. Um, if you like that, if you like some weird kind of like aesthetics and aspect ratios, you'll like this one. Uh, Mike Mignolia's uh, Drawing Monsters about the artist that did Hellboy and all that. Uh, and Night Shift, great little contained horror film so that's also on chattanooga what was the what was night shift about it was about um a, a, not not a hospital no it was about like different a different night was shift like a wasn't where, there a night shift that came out with david arquette i feel like last year I feel like, yeah, called yeah. Night shift? yeah this one I think is, it was called this shift. one's about a girl that's a woman that's uh working the overnight shift at like a warehouse and like people break in hmm it's pretty intense it's at times okay i'll look for that one um Aside from that, uh, I did watch uh, Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell, the Japanese Evil Dead, <laughs> from uh, Visual Vengeance. It's a new little company that you can get on Grindhouse Video uh, website. They have some insane stuff, like uh, Suburban Sasquatch, but this one was, like, amazing. Oh, I'll have to borrow that. It's it's also on Tubi. It's also on oh, Tubi. yes, yes, yes. Um, what else? Uh, there is also, before I get into the movie theater stuff, I did check out recently Chris LaMartina's WNUF Halloween sequel. Oh my gosh, there's a sequel? Yes. He released a sequel, um, I think, because uh, I donated to the Indiegogo Kickstarter. Yeah. I got an advanced copy. They're doing screenings in Baltimore. There's one in August. Um, it's called Out There Halloween Megatape. It's based in the 90s. If you see some, if you watch the movie, you see in the background <laughs> of a party, you see a guy with a hockey mask and a really bad afro. That's me. So <laughs> look out there. Um, and then after that, I watched a bunch of movies in the theater. Uh, I, I also s- went to the movie theater. Oh, you did. Oh, you did. Uh, <laughs> like once or twice. Oh, before, I go, before I go into the movie theater, uh, Paramount, I've been just binging Ink Master. Okay. Uh, uh, Trash but, TV. No, what happened is Bar Rescue was like, it. you know, an episode ends, it automatically plays another episode. Well, it just started playing Ink Master, and then I just, just got hooked. I've pretty much watched all 13 seasons. What? Is Ink Master like a competition show? Yes. Or? It's a tattoo competition show. Okay. 
with uh, uh, Dave Navarro as the host. Mm, and the okay. funny thing is, there's a there's a contestant named Halo that's from Maryland who has done my back tattoo back in the olden days of 2000. Before he was popular yes. and on the yes. reality show. Um, but yeah, for movies, I saw The Black Phone. I also saw The Black Phone. I enjoyed it very much in the simplicity of it. I enjoyed it very much, except not really. Yeah, so you, you didn't like it that much. I, I like how they just don't explain anything. Ethan like, Hawke, dad bod, though? Yes. Mm. Yes. When he's sitting on the chair with his yep. gun out. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no body hair, though. No body so hair. So weird. So weird. <laughs> um, Thor Love and Thunder was not as good as Ragnarok, but okay. it was fun. I haven't seen that yet. It's fun. Maybe soon. There's some weird things going on with it. Children, I don't get it. Whatever, hmm. some CGI that does not look great. Oh, bad CGI. Hmm. There's a point where the, you remember Meek, yeah, the little Meek. scissor hands. Yeah. Uh, he turns. He's like he turns around and he's like in a little suit, but his face is out of is out of focus. I don't know how that's possible in a CGI hmm. environment. But anyway, hmm. but last night I saw Nope. <gasps> I also saw Nope. Oh, I'm still. <laughs> trying to unravel what was everything about it so i i liked it a lot i liked it a lot too is it as good as good out now no 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 no, no, no. but they're very different movies yes like this this was more sci-fi yes. to me. this was not yes. very hard there were a few sequences that were scary particularly in like the sound design really amazing also gordy gordy gordy's home uh apparently in the new issue of fangoria which i haven't received yet there's a Gordy advertisement. Oh, I saw it, and I was like... <laughs> I want to frame that. I'm Yeah, that's going to get framed. Yeah, uh, it's it's <laughs> really good. I enjoyed it a lot. The themes, they're like... There's so many themes to it. I'm still trying to unravel it. Yeah. Obviously, don't mess with nature. Don't try taming it for your own sick pleasure. Mm-mm. Just leave it alone. Steven Young's character, I love him. It was sort of a departure for what we're used to seeing him in, like a weird sci-fi movie, and then he's this cowboy-esque character. Showman. There's a lot of horse riding. Yes. It's badass. Yeah. The whole cast was good. Yeah, so good. So, nope, go check it out. That's a yep from us at Jala Monk. <laughs> yes. That, I watched... Put that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> put that on the poster. Jordan Peele. I also watched The Bear on Hulu, the series The Bear. I've not even heard of this. It's, uh, I think it's seven or eight episodes. It's a drama. It's about um, a young chef from the fine dining world. He comes back home to Chicago to run his family's sandwich shop. So he goes from being, he working at literally the best restaurant in the world in Copenhagen. Comes home because there's a family tragedy. Runs this like junky little sandwich shop that's dirty and not making a lot of money. Fantastic, fantastic show. I would highly recommend that. It's not it's not genre. It's very much just like a family drama, oh. but it's really good. Oh, look them up. Oh, that guy. Other than that, I haven't really been watching watching much. I saw a couple kids movies in the theater Heck with, yeah. with a five-year-old, which is always a fun experience. Heck other yeah. than that, not a ton of um, adult theatrical experiences. Well, you can talk about the kids' experiences. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did we see? We saw um, Hank, Legend of Hank, Paul's a Fury. I just saw. Did you? Did, here's a question. Did you see Gru? The, minion the Minions movie? movie? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we saw the Minions movie. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> yes, we saw the How Minions How many stars? Movie. Um, 
So I don't think I've seen any of the other Minions movies. I think I've seen the first Despicable Me. Or whatever they're, or Despicable Me. I I don't think I've seen any of them. So there were a lot of references that I just didn't get. I don't know. I guess maybe like a three? What would three, the, fi- three what would the five? five? What would the five-year-old? Oh, like five stars even though she went to the bathroom ten times. Oh, And okay. missed most of the movie. Oh. <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah, she thought it was funny and she liked it. And so, then uh, she kept doing the little Dominion's hands. Yeah. The, I don't know what that is. Like the fingers together. Like excellent. What's that called? I don't know what it's excellent called. Excellent. The gentle minions. Oh, yeah. gentle minions. Yes, yes, yes. Like a little gentleman minions oh. hand gesture. Oh, wow. Yeah. So before we move on, what's the next kids movie? Is it going to be the, the the pet one, Super Pets? It's definitely Super Pets. We'll, we'll definitely see that. Saw the trailer for the new Ty West film. That's... Have not watched that yet. Have not watched it either. Is it a prequel to... X, apparently. No, it's a prequel to X, but is it the old lady when she's younger? I think so. But not Mia Goth's character. It's not a prequel to her. No. It's just Mia Goth playing the old lady character. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't watch it either. Yeah. I'll watch it. Anyway. I'll I'll go see that movie. Anyway, so we watched the movie. (laughs) (laughs) We saw a movie and I saw a show. Oh, and I also saw uh, this movie... The black, black belly, belly of the, the tarantula. tarantula. Fan vote it. Yes, listener poll. This has been on my watch list for quite some time. It's been recommended to me by many people, so I guess it was about time that I watched it. Again, the listeners picked it, so here we are. With needles dipped in deadly venom, the victims are paralyzed, so they must lie awake and watch themselves die. That was the tagline. Yeah, so it was good. metal. Yeah, free metal. <laughs> In Black Belly of the Tarantula, an inspector investigates ongoing crimes where victims are paralyzed while having their bellies ripped open with a sharp knife, much in the same way tarantulas are killed by the black wasp. This episode will contain spoilers. You can watch The Black Belly of the Tarantula on Shudder and Tubi. Did you watch it on Shudder? I watched it on Tubi. Oh, okay. Was it dubbed? Yes, it was dubbed. English? Yes. Okay. Uh, I watched it on Shudder, and it was dubbed English. It was in Shudder? Oh, crap. I could have watched it on Shudder, <laughs> Shudder, Shudder, not Tubi with the ads. <laughs> oh, no, you watched it with the ads. Really yeah. awkward times it did the ads, Come on, too. man. Don't you, go to, um, don't you go to on Letterboxd and see where I did, streaming? I did, but I also was like, glanced at, okay, Tubi, okay, that's it. <laughs> no, always Shudder. Shudder's always, <laughs> if I can watch something, I'm always watching it on Shudder because I know that they love movies and that they'll put whatever's the best quality yeah. and no ads. Thank you, Shudder. Released in Italy in 1971, Black Belly is one of several Jolly to reference an animal in its title and plot after the success of Dario Argento's The Bird with the Crystal Plumage in 1970. This movie includes such jalo elements as POV shots, J&B whiskey, a red phone, and a liberal dose of nudity. Black Belly deviates a bit from the formula with our killer wearing latex gloves instead of leather gloves. But don't worry, there is a dog, there's a cat, and there are plenty of beautiful women. Oh, there's a cat. There's definitely a cat. (laughs) Many boobs. La boobs. La boobs. <laughs> well, it's very New York. But la boobs. <laughs> hey, boobs. <laughs> uh, despite having major theatrical distribution in the U.S. through MGM, where it was paired with another Italian-made murder mystery, The Weekend Murders, which reviewed on the podcast, <gasps> uh, Black Belly was never released in the United States on home video upon release. Three Bond girls appeared in this film. Ooh. 
They were Claudine Uger, who was the female lead in Thunderball in 1965, Barbara Bach, who went on to be the female lead in The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977, Barbara Boucher appeared in Casino Royale in 1967. On top of featuring several Bond girls, this film stars a young Giancarlo Giannini, who played Renee Mathis in Casino Royale 2006. Oh, yeah, really? Yep, and Quantum of Solace in 2008. Uh, yeah, so we have, like, old school Bond, new school Bond. So, so a really good Bond film and a not-so-good Bond film. Quantum of Solace is very heavily edited. Which one's Mads? Mads is Casino Royale. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, that's the good one. Yeah, okay. That's so all the parkour. Quantum of Solace yes. is during the writer's strike. Mads. And you could tell. Aww. The U.S. cut of Black Belly of the Tarantula is 89 minutes long. That equates to roughly one kill every 11 minutes. Though most of the kills are repetitive and use the same method or are off-camera, if you're looking for quantity only, Black Belly of the Tarantula pretty much covers that. Got a high body count. High body count. Not uh, super gory. To me, it's like, if you had a list of like, what is just a typical Jallo film? It's mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So it has all the elements of a Jalo film. Yeah. That, that you need. That you need. Yeah, it deviates a little bit in some of the details, but... And the movie starts with a naked lady. <laughs> we'll get to that. We're oh. actually about to get to that. Yeah. Uh, Black Belly of the Tarantula was shot on location in Rome, Italy in 1970. The film opens in an Italian spa with a naked lady. That naked lady is Maria Zani. She's a beautiful blonde, and she's interrupted during a massage by her angry and very separated husband, Paolo, who they call Zani. Uh, Zani has proof that Maria has been unfaithful to him, though she denies it. That night, someone dressed in black and wearing surgical latex gloves injects Maria with a chemical or poison that leaves her paralyzed but still conscious. Maria is then stabbed in the stomach, she is left to die, naked, with her robe open. This is our first kill. Yeah. Kind of brutal. Oh, yeah. When, like, like uh, she's, like, frozen, and he just drives that knife, mm-hmm. and just, like... Like, guts her. Just slowly guts her. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, stop, man. Stop. <laughs> Cut. The next day, there's an ins- inspector assigned to the case. His name is Tallini. He questions Zani. The police find a picture of Maria caressed by a man's hand, but his identity is unknown because half of the picture is missing. At home that night, the inspector confesses to his artist wife, Anna, that he doesn't feel cut out for homicide investigations. Tallini continues to investigate the crime and traces the needles used in the crime to a local doctor. The doctor protests his innocence, and when Tallini leaves his office, he is accosted by Zani. Zani, too, insists that he is innocent, that he did not kill his wife, Maria, and that he plans to conduct his own investigation. But the killer strikes again, this time murdering a red-headed fashion store owner with no connection to Zani's wife. I like that scene because it sort of reminded me of um, Blood and Black Lace. Yeah. And it reminded me a little bit of Maniac, just with the mannequin. As I'm wearing a like Maniac that. shirt, by the way. <laughs> Tallini visits a scientist acquaintance of the red-headed fashion store owner who demonstrates that a species of wasp will use a toxin to paralyze and eviscerate a tarantula to lay its eggs in the corpse. 
This is similar to how our killer paralyzes, then guts his victims. Cellini then discovers that the tarantula has cocaine lining his little box, his little cage, so he has the scientists arrested on drug possession charges. It's worth noting that this scene shows that the movie contains two factual errors. One, the scientist refers to the tarantula as an insect. Tarantulas are spiders that have eight legs, and they belong to the class of arachnids. No scientist would make such an error. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so pretty dumb scientists, especially um, having the cocaine lining. Yeah. <laughs> like, out in the open. Maybe you should stop with the cocaine, dude. Yeah. You know what you're talking about. He was sketchy. Also, the murder victims are instantly paralyzed when the killer applies the poison, which isn't possible because some, if only a little amount of time, is needed for any kind of poison to work. Yeah. So that instant, you know, putting the acupuncture needle yeah. into them would not paralyze them, even if it had poison on it. And yeah. it immediately. Immediately. Yeah. It would take a little bit of, like, a little, there'd be a little bit more struggle before they went yeah. down. At that yeah. point, just kill them. The police deem Maria Zani as a nymphomaniac and the shop <laughs> owner as being into drugs. Laura, who owns the spa that Maria was using the day of the, her death, calls Mario, a photographer who was Maria's lover in the picture. So this is when we get a reveal of like who's on the other side of that picture. Mario. Mario and Laura take photos of lovers to blackmail them. Laura then tells Mario to deliver the last batch of photos of Maria's indiscretions to a woman named Franca. When Mario goes to deliver the package, Tolini and Paolo Zani, who is now working with the inspector, they chase him down. After a brief struggle with the photographer, Zani falls to his death. Super realistic death. That oh, that, was not dude, a that dummy. Was, that was not a dummy. That was not a dummy at all. Yeah, looked like a real person. <laughs> And then immediately after, Mario, the photographer, is ran down by a car in the street. I'm assuming he dies. (laughs) Yeah, there's two more deaths right there. Yes. Shortly after being interviewed by Inspector Tallini, Franca, who, they're trying to make her out to seem like an older lady, but I think it's just like a younger woman with bad makeup. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just... I was very confused by that. Yeah. Like, (laughs) is she old or is she not old? I think they just... We're trying to age her, but they didn't need to age her for her character. Yeah. Um, Franca is then murdered. This is the third murder by our killer. The police try to pin the first three murders on Mario, the photographer. Then there's a tape of <laughs> Inspector Cellini and his wife making love that's made public. They're like trying to blackmail him and he gets really embarrassed. It's kind of like... I don't know, there's a lot of characters in this movie that just kind of show up and then they're gone. Especially, like, the photographer and the Franca character, and um, I guess they're trying to prove that, like, the photographer was blackmailing a lot of people, so they, you know, there's the fashion store lady and Maria and all, I don't know. They're a bunch of breadcrumbs. Also, that's (laughs) Jallo. Also, you'll love this. I've been joking that now the podcast has a catchphrase. That's Jallo, baby. I love it. That's Jallo, baby. <laughs> like, when I watch these movies, you just have to throw some logic out the window, and I just tell myself every time, that's Jallo, baby. <laughs> We're going to say it a bunch just to get a catch on. We should get a, t- Jallo, get a t-shirt baby. that says it. That's Jallo, baby. That's Jallo, baby. After the tape of Tallini and his wife is made public, 
he's again determined to leave the force. He's just, like, embarrassed. He doesn't want to be a cop anymore. But then he's nearly killed in a very, like, Final Destination 2-esque automobile accident where the pipes go through the window. Yeah. Then he realizes, like, oh, no, I need to figure out who's doing this because now they're trying to kill me. Yeah. One of the spa employees, her name is Jenny. She's the long-haired brunette. She resigns in protest of the blackmail ring. She finds out that her her boss, Laura, is, is kind of in on this blackmailing of the patrons of the spa. Laura indirectly threatens Jenny's life, but their conversation is interrupted by the spa's blind masseuse. That's Jala. That's Jala, baby. You see him, you're like, yep. <laughs> That's Jala. He's blind. He's, he's very blind. Um, Jenny then spends a night at a friend's house, but she's followed by the killer who brutally murders her, then leaves her body in a trash bag to be found the following day. This is our fourth kill by the killer. Cellini interviews some of Jenny's co-workers, including the aloof Laura, our spa owner, a nurse who wears gloves identical to the killer's latex gloves, and the blind masseuse, or masseur, masseur, I guess that's the, the male term. The blind employee takes off his darkened glasses to reveal colorless, sightless eyes, and Cellini just says, okay, you can go. Yeah. Just lets him go. So basically... This movie's about profiling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how... A lot of assumptions made. Yeah. Cellini's not a very good uh, inspector. Or is he? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Because this is now our big reveal. Yeah. Climax of our film includes a lot of slapping. Well, the, big, the movie started <laughs> with slapping. The movie did start with slapping. So we have to climb. The slapping. climax has to have slapping. That night, Laura, the spa owner, calls Inspector Tellini to inform him that she has determined our killer's identity. But when Inspector Tellini goes to the spa, he finds her dead with a colorless contact lens next to her body. Hmm, I wonder who it was. <gasps> it was the know. cat. I don't know. No! It was a dog. It was a dog. <laughs> Realizing <laughs> that the blind man must have been faking this blindness, and he was indeed the killer, Cellini races home to find the killer attacking his wife. The men struggle, Cellini chokes out our killer, and he saves Anna. The next day, a psychiatrist breaks the killer's motive down. It's far-fetched, but that's Jalo, baby. Also, when he attacks uh, the blind man, the quotation blind man, that guttural scream he yells. Oh, yeah. Ah! Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, my lord. That was kind of cool. Yeah. That was, like, realistic. Oh, yeah. I feel like you would have, like, an animal yeah. animal um, reaction. Yeah. Thinking your wife's dead. Because he, yeah. he thinks she's dead because yeah. he doesn't, like, I don't know. I guess he didn't, like, inspect her body to see if she was, like, gutted or whatever. So who knows? He just jumped to his conclusions and he just beat the I mean, the who guy. cares? He just, beat the, he just beat the Good. guy brains Sla- in. Slap him anyway, even if he did just paralyzed even if he did just paralyze yeah, that a big deal <laughs> so the next day a psychiatrist tells Tellini that the masseur had begun faking his sightlessness after killing his unfaithful sexually curious wife he then continued to kill to satisfy his inner demons satisfied at solving the case but still disillusioned with police work inspector Tellini wanders the crowded streets of rome Credits roll. The end. The end. So, what'd you like about this movie? I, I think I, I like the kills. They're kind of they're fun. The last act is just so 
The slapping. I was like, the yes, slapping. the slapping. Uh, I think Tolini was a pretty good protagonist. Mustache. Mustache. Uh, mustache. I mean, but also, like, when you think some of these protagonists, you think, like, Deep Red. Not really the most likable people, right? No. He was likable. He had some sort of, like, I don't know if I want to do the homicide stuff by being thrown into more homicide stuff. You know, it really kind of broke his psyche a little bit. Yeah. To where that's, he that's definitely, like, a realistic reaction to... That you don't see a lot throughout these films where they're really in it and, like, mess up stuff's happening. And sometimes they don't, like, pause to be like, this is messed up. Yeah. Like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And at so, the end, like, he's in the street. He's probably mentally broken. Yeah. You know, he's probably mentally just done, you know. And, you know, it's probably another case for him, you know. That's what I like about it. The camera work was fun. It was pretty good. I enjoyed the camera work. I thought it was, like, very much a voyeuristic approach to it, which is uh, cool, a cool thing when it comes to these Especially the POV, where sometimes the POV shots, it's still kind of steady. This one was, like, breakneck. They were just, like, you know, especially when he's killing the the girl with all the mannequins. Yeah, the fashion store. Just, like, so, like, fast-paced cuts. And just, like, it's, like, chaos. Yeah. It's just, like, chaos with it. And then they they choose certain things where, like, we're going to have a close-up of this, close-up of that. You know, very... uh, The camera guy knew what he was doing. The cinematographer (laughs) knew what he was doing. So, Ennio Morricone, he did the music score for the film with Bruno Nicolai as the conductor. Dream team when it comes to these Yeah, Yeah, and this, this showed... Because whenever things were happening, it was very dissonant mm-hmm. sounds. There was no, like, clear-cut melody. It was just, like, piano. It was, like, kind of, like, violin strings being, like, plucked. Just weird stuff going on to where it just makes you, with the camera work, it's very unsettling. It yeah. leaves you kind of, like, a, a very uncomfortable Well, state. even the main theme, which I kind of chuckled at, every time it popped up, I had, had the captions on, and it said, seductive theme music every yeah. time yeah. a million times take a shot every time it's yeah. so well, if you're doing a training that, that music seductive was good. Theme music. Yeah. that actually featured sounds of vocalists exhaling as the theme so like a lot of it was like just breath like breath yeah. over music which is a little bit like voyeuristic and pov it kind of feels like you're like there's someone in like right there at the camera like breathing like down yeah. your throat it's yeah. vi- it makes you uncomfortable, and that's what I like about it. it, it times will make you very uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And that's how it should be when you're, like, seeing someone about to get murdered, you know? Yeah. And pretty, again, like, pretty high body count. Definitely formulaic. That's why I say, if you think, yeah. if you want to put, like, classic Jalo, like, just, like, textbook Jalo, I'd put this there because it has the formula. You're totally right. The Black Belly of the Tarantula covers a lot of bases in one movie. It's a straightforward Jalo plot, as in it has one gloved killer, plenty of suspects, a couple of red herrings. There's a clue at the start of the film. There's some like weird characters that show up once and then they're dead. A lot of nudity, a little bit of gore. Wild plot twist. So it doesn't really stray from the formula, but it's engaging anyway. Um, I think mostly thanks to, like the score, which is always you know Ennio Morricone is like always amazing. The cinematography is is pretty cool. There's like good mustache action from our lead. Yes, <laughs> he wasn't. Um, he was more likable than the typical male protagonist. Yeah. He's a protagonist you want to you, you go through the movie following, and you're okay following. In many Jolly, there's always a gimmick that 
makes the movie distinguish itself from the other films. The gimmick here is that the killer uses acupuncture needles to paralyze his victims, like the wasp does to the black tarantula. But that's about it. Like, that's really the only tie-in that the title has to the film. The title does sound more interesting than the movie actually is, which, you know, it gets you in there. It's like, you're like, oh, look at this title. I'm not going to watch it. They get you. Yep. Um, and, but the movie does contain enough moments to maintain a certain tension. Without any serious red herrings, you know, the mystery of it's kind of all over the place because you're not really, sh- you don't know the characters enough, but it's still, again, it's still engaging. A good mystery thriller will often give you, like, hints and clues and, like, make you question who the suspect is. And then they offer up, like, an amazing twist, hopefully. Like, that's what makes it, like, really good is, like, there's a twist that you don't see coming. This one, eh, seemed kind of thrown in there, but, again, still okay. It just kind of gets thrown in there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, whatever. I don't know. I have have mixed feelings with this one. I don't think that it's anything super unique. It's not the top tier. No, 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 definitely not. Um, it just lacks, like, serious suspects. So basically, like, anyone <laughs> could be the killer. Yeah. Um, another thing that really bothered me um, about not necessarily the movie itself, but the plot summaries online, is that they all include the spa detail in the plot synopsis. For example, if you Google Black Belly of the Tarantula, the main page plot synopsis says... An Italian detective hunts a health spa killer who uses a knife dipped in venom. So you know that it's someone at the health spa. Even yeah. though the spa is only in the very beginning of the film, and then it comes back towards the end of the film. Also, the knife has venom on it. That's what, based on Google. You know, it's the acupuncture needle, and then a knife. Or... Oh, then yeah, yeah, the knife has... Or... The knife dipped in venom. I wasn't clear on this myself. Is that, did the acupuncture needle where he placed it paralyze them? Or did it actually have the wasp poison on it? I thought the wasp poison was what paralyzed them. Okay. That's, I mean, that's sort of what I've been saying on this episode. Because I feel like the poison, that's how he went to the scientist because of the wasp venom. Because that was the tie. Maybe, maybe the acupuncture needle had venom on it, but also the knife did too. Yeah. Well, and then there's the explanation of the wasp gutting the tarantula, like how the killer gutted the victims. To me, this whole spa detail is a huge spoiler. For me personally, I spent the entire movie wondering when the story was going to come back around to the spa. Yeah. Um, Because it just, you know, they were there in the beginning. He was hopping all around Italy, around Rome. Yeah. And then he comes back to the spot at the very end. So I'm like, yeah. I knew it was going to be someone at the spot based on uh, the internet. Guys, you spoiled it for me. Yeah. Google. Google main page. Google. <laughs> you do Jalo uh, Miss Justice. <laughs> yeah. Due to the international success of Dario Argento's The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Italian-made Jalo films attempted to cash in by having animals referenced in their drawn-out titles. 1971's The Black Belly of the Tarantula is a prime example of this. It's too bad that the tarantula bit is only referenced for a moment in this film. I found the wasp versus tarantula aspect to be such an interesting concept. I wish that it was explored more in depth, 
but I guess the filmmaker just didn't find the concept to be that deep or worth diving into, or he just wanted to make a straightforward Jalo and didn't think that much into it. Or it was a shoe and they just put it in there so you have like, okay, we have a tarantula, there we go. It's in the name, there we go, we did it. Yeah, additionally, the black belly of the tarantula could have benefited from more tarantulas and eight-legged friends. Yeah. The killer also puts a tarantula in there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't Maybe know. the tarantula poisons them. Mmm. Um, spiders can be scary. Arachnophobia, otherwise known as spiderphobia, is the intense fear of spiders and other arachnids. Classified as a specific phobia, arachnophobia causes clinically significant distress that can impact an individual's quality of life. When in contact with or thinking about arachnids, individuals will likely feel fear and experience symptoms of anxiety almost immediately. Around the world, between 3 and 15% of individuals have been diagnosed with specific phobias, with the fear of animals and heights being the most prevalent. Keep in mind that while a fear of spiders is common, not every person who feels afraid or on edge around them has arachnophobia. If you have arachnophobia, you may experience a variety of specific phobia-related symptoms, whether you are in the presence of a spider or just thinking about one. This movie only has one scene that will trigger you, but just saying the title of the movie might put you in an uneased state. The other symptoms of arachnophobia include immediate fear and anxiety when you see or think about a spider, avoiding spiders, and panic or anxiety responses such as difficulty breathing, rapid heart rate, nausea, sweating, trembling, and need to escape. The effects of arachnophobia can significantly impact your quality of life. For example, you may experience panic symptoms and not feel comfortable in your own home, knowing that there's a spider there. You may also avoid engaging in outdoor activities where spiders may be present, such as hiking or having a picnic in the park. So no fun this summer. If you have arachnophobia. Yeah. Remember that being afraid of something is not the same as having a specific phobia. In order to receive a diagnosis for a specific phobia, certain criteria must be met, including disruption of acts of daily living and a decrease in your quality of life due to the intensity of the fear. Spiders tend to elicit a reaction. Whether it's full-blown arachnophobia or just a mild nervousness, most people go out of their way to avoid our eight-legged friends. There's a theory that it's an evolutionary survival instinct from long ago, but whether that's the truth or not, horror movies create many other reasons to be afraid of spiders. For this month's Flavor of the Month picks, I wanted to dive into movies about spiders. Okay. Because why not? This movie needed more of them. Wade, what do you have for the listeners? I have uh, the classic, probably the best spider horror film, mm-hmm. Arachnophobia, mm. with Jeff Daniels and John Goodman. Probably one of the makes it'll make you itch. First up, it's a little bit light on spiders, but there's some really good scenes involving spiders. Lucio Fulci's The Beyond from 1981. Oh, buddy, do they have spiders? Some yeah. creepy spider yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah, good spider scenes. Um, A young woman inherits an old hotel in Louisiana where following a series of supernatural accidents, quote, accidents, she learns that the building was built over one of the entrances to hell. You can watch The Beyond on Shudder, Tubi, and Canopy. If you like Jalo and Italian hard, The Beyond is a much. We'll probably never cover it on this show because it's not a Jalo film. No. But 
Watch it. It's a it's a Fulci <laughs> and it's a weird one. Yeah. I think that since this is a very much straightforward police procedural, <laughs> watch it with something weird <laughs> that involves fighters. Uh, my second pick is a bit of a straightforward Jalo, but it's also a black comedy, and we reviewed it here on Jalo the Month Club. The editor from mm-hmm. 2014. Yes. Um, with the character paralyzing his victims and using a live tarantula to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so you can watch The Editor on Shutter, Tubi, and Hoopla. 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 One is not uh, an insect film. Okay. Okay. The one that's not an insect film is David A. Pryor's Death Spa. It's an 80s slasher. It's not the greatest movie. It's a good B-movie that involves a killer in a spa. Because you know what? Because of how I did that. How because, light this was on how spa. This, yeah, how because I read the same synopsis and I'm like, okay, I need a movie that has like spa kills. Yeah. Death spa. Check it out. It's on Tubi. And another film on Tubi that's my last uh pick, my flavor of the month, is Slugs. Slugs. Has nothing to do with spiders, but slugs Creepy are uh, yeah, and it's also it's a fun one to watch. It's also on Tubi. Check it out. My Last flavor of the month pick, eight leg freaks. I've never seen it. I've never. <laughs> no! David Arquette, man. I know David Arquette's in it, but I, I've seen. I remember the commercials when I was a kid. And I get freaked with his voice. So eight leg freaks is not streaming anywhere currently. So it's gonna be a little bit tough for you to find it. But you can, you can run it. I have a feeling that it's going to be eventually a Criterion release. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to plug or promote while you're here? Well, I want to plug uh, a, a short film called Butterfly of Black Velvet that uses the same gimmick as this movie. Um, we're selling them on DVD for $6, uh, non-clean shipping. So if you live like in the UK, it's probably a couple more money on that. Yeah, we actually, I actually have some people that actually bought from listening to this podcast. Ooh. And I'm going to do, a, I'll do a, two, a shout out for two of them. Spooky Speed or Speed? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, let me get this other guy's name. Travis M. Thank you. Hey, Spooky Speed and Travis M. One, thank you for listening to Jalo Month Club. Two, thanks for buying a movie that I am an executive producer on. Yes. So- associate producer. Associate producer. Associate producer. One of the producers. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we've had other people buying us too, but I still have plenty of copies. Um, Hit us up, uh, hit me up on Instagram, Suede Guy or Minkendish Productions. If you want it signed, say you want it signed. I'll, that's no extra charge. I'll <laughs> sign it. The cover art done by Suspiria Land. You know, support independent horror. I think that uh, cover is worth six bucks on its own. Yeah. That art's awesome. Yeah. Letterbox, Suede, MCP. We're not even going to talk about my Twitter, my Insta Twitter, because it's just me talking about wrestling. You don't need that. Um, I need that. Yeah. Well, Frank and Suede. Stardom, please. Frank and Suede. There you go. I did it for you. But also, youtube.com slash Minkinish Productions. Uh, th- we're doing a lot of Criterion movies on Criterion Connection. We did Thief. Michael Mann's Thief, which stars uh, the late, great James Caan. Never seen the film before. You know there's a Heat sequel coming? I've never seen Heat. You gotta watch that. I, apparently, I've never seen a Michael Mann film. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but like so good. Um, I know for horror because Scott from Nick and Dish pointed this idea to me, and sadly we're gonna probably do it. What's um, up? 
because of the <laughs> because of the monsters movie that's coming out, we have decided to do a Rob Zombie film retrospect where we watch all the Rob Zombie films and talk about them. We already did it for Halloween and Halloween Two. Spoiler: We're not fans. Um, and I did have the worst experience of my life in a theater watching Lords of Salem. So. <laughs> I'm gonna love rewatching these films, guys. So definitely check it out on YouTube. Probably in August. I was gonna say, when are you thinking? When do you think you're gonna be finished well, the, this? The Monsters comes out in September. Oh, okay. Because we're gonna do the Monsters movie, and the trailer just makes me. As a big Monsters fan, I haven't watched it, but I heard it has big Veronica energy. <laughs> Is that that's, true? That's a good compliment. It's <laughs> it's got like it's it looks like a fan film that was made for fifty dollars. Okay. Um. I'm gonna be at Monster Mania in August. If you're gonna Scream be there. reunion, Alien reunion. Yeah, I'll be there buying a lot of merch, cool. buying a lot of stuff, hot sauces, stuff like that. Yeah, I like it a lot. Well, Jollo of the Month Club is now on Letterboxd. You can follow the list title Jollo of Month Club for every movie that was reviewed on the podcast. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. You already follow it. I do. Yeah. Oh, well, hold on. I'm going to unfollow it, and I'm going to follow it right now. <laughs> Bam, I just followed it. Yeah, so if you want to keep track of every movie that's been reviewed on this podcast and see how many you have watched, see where the ones you haven't seen are available, and also read my reviews for these films, please follow the list titled Jolly of the Month Club on Letterboxd. Additionally, you can follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms and you like what you hear, please give the podcast a five-star review. Logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. You can find Vegan Patches Etsy shop at Retirement Funds and buy yourself some nice patches. Theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Instagram at Dream Division Music and on Bandcamp at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. You can follow me, Diana, your host, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at DianaNK. You can see me um, review the Minions movies and um, yes. Super Pets of... What's... DC Super Pets. DC, DC Super Pets. <laughs> yes. And don't forget. Say it. <laughs> say it. Oh, our, my new catchphrase? Yes. That should be how you close the show now. Oh, man, I have to, like, figure out how I'm going to say it. So when I think of it, I think of, like, a porky pig, like, Looney Tunes, like, busting, like, through yes. the screen that's Jollo Baby. Blip, 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 blip. Yeah. That's, that's Jollo Baby. Baby. Yeah, so it's like, I don't want to do that. Me just off the cuff saying, that's Jollo Baby. There you go. <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Diana. And I'm Wade. That's Jollo Baby. <laughs>